Welcome to the Bread and Circuses Podcast, brought to you by Digital Pizza, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy this shit show. Welcome to yet another episode of the Bread and Circuses podcast. I am, as usual, Rooster, and today I'm here with the our special guest, the second runner-up to the 2016 Most Woke Bay Contest, Crow. Oh, hey, you <laughs> caught me off guard with that. <laughs> that was the plan. <laughs> so you didn't get my usual intro. Okay, thanks. Appreciate it. You're welcome. You said you had something special, and I said I was going to step all over it. You so did. I, did. <laughs> I don't even... I don't... I mean, I... I guess I kind of know, but I don't really know the difference between woke and based and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. I do know that I don't care. Woke is, is if you're on the left, you're very woke. If you're a social, a social justice warrior, very progressive, you're woke. If you're a, a right wing, you know, alt whatever, or uh, or red pilled, they call it, then you're based. Right. So I just, I don't always know which is which. Because I saw somebody put the... Uh, Candace Owens video up one of them and said this chick is woke see, thinking, see that's wrong yeah I know yeah, they use that yeah she's based I get confused yeah. get woke go broke that's the saying if you're a business and you become very SJW you're <laughs> gonna lose all your money all where right. does based come from I don't know that's a good question I should look it up yeah first time I ever heard it was the big Be stick man, man. <laughs> jinx buy me a beer um, all right, so you got a couple topics you want to get to right away today. Yeah, um, this just recently came up, and if it was just one incident, I probably wouldn't even talk about it, even though it, it happens a lot, but you, it came up twice in a very short period of time in the last couple of days. It was um, people getting pulled over by police officers and claiming that they were racially discriminated against and harassed because of the color of their skin. Claiming? But yes. they are racially yeah. so biased. There was, um, uh, the first one was a woman in, where the heck was it? I can't remember what state it was in. Let me take a look here. Uh, she did, she was pulled over a traffic signal. Here, I'm playing it. So this is from the cop's perspective, his body cam. He's coming right. out of the car. He's listening to country music. <laughs> that sounds like that stuff you listen to. I think that's to. Hank Williams. Well, I'm going to fast forward a bit when he gets up in the car. Good afternoon. My name is Sergeant Sasser. I'm in the Brunswick County Sheriff's Office. Okay, um, doing well. Just need to see your driver's license and your vehicle registration. Oh. Yeah, the reason I'm stopping you, I clocked you going 70. The speed limit here is 55. Okay. It's a little hard. The wind is making it hard to hear her. All right, I appreciate it. But she said she didn't see a speed limit. Yeah, sign. She just came out of gas. Which rental car? Just should have a rental agreement. I'm going to reach in here and get That's fine. Yeah, I saw no one. Okay. 
Thank you. And you still live in South Carolina? Yeah, I live in South Carolina. I was in um, Norfolk, Virginia at a PBX tennis tournament, and I'm on the way back to Sweden. Okay. All right. I'll tell you what. Just hold tight for a quick moment, and I'll be right back, okay? okay I'm going to stop right here. I am outraged. The racism oozing from this cop's language is just palpable. <laughs> I mean... I mean, well, she's definitely in fear for her life because right. she's saying she's gonna she goes she's gonna reach for her agreement. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna reach in here if that's okay for you. I mean, she didn't want to get shot or anything. Right. And I mean, he probably had his hand on the gun. I mean, you can't. It's a body cam. I can so I can hear the terror in her right. voice. And it's showing his perspective, but it's not showing his hand, which is obviously on the gun and cocking the hammer. Well, I'm sure I'm sure it. it's out of its holster right, right. too. So let's uh, let's skip ahead here. He goes back to the car. And he runs everything on his little computer. Oh, this is like an unedited dash cam foot. Okay. Back All to the right. car. All right, ma'am. What I have here for you, it is a traffic summons for Brunswick County General District. Is it a traffic summons? Yes, for Brunswick County General District Traffic Court. Your court date is going to be June the 6th at 1030 for the 70 and a 55 mile per hour zone. Where is, your si- where is the sign that says it's 55 miles an hour? In numerous places. Numerous places where? I mean, between the gas station I just came from? Right here, I mean, numerous, numerous places back that way. You're more than welcome to go back there and look at them. I mean, I'm take pictures of them, whatever you want to do. Um, so you didn't give me a warning. You gave me an actual ticket? Yeah, no warnings today, ma'am. So your court date is going to be June the 6th at 1030 for the speeding of 70 and a 55. You have the option to prepay this. I'm going to give you a phone number plus a website that go, has our courthouse information. If you contact our courts, they will tell you what the find is, answer any one of your questions, and if you decide to prepay it, then you do not have to come to court. But, but if you want to prepay it, um, if you don't want to prepay it, then you have to come to court on June the 6th at 1030. I'll hire an attorney. Need you to, to sign right here? I'm not going to sign that ticket. Uh, ma'am. Okay. But I don't have to sign it. So, ma'am. But I appreciate it. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Me. All right. So, what you're signing here is a promise to either come to court or a promise to prepay. It's not an admission of guilt. It's only a promise to me that you're going to get it taken care of by either coming to court or prepaying it. If you refuse to sign the summons at this point, I'm going to have to get you out of the police car, outside of this car. I'm going to place you under arrest and take you in front of the magistrate. I will get your vehicle towed and go from there. So, yes, ma'am, you do not have a choice. You have. I don't care about that. You do not have. A, I don't care who's on the phone. I'm talking to you right now. You do not have a choice but to sign the summons. So, once again, you're signing right there. So, thank you. I knew you were going to sign it. Thank you very much. All right, appreciate it very much, and you have a very safe day. Okay, thank you. Okay, so that was the uh, traffic stop. Oh, he knew she was going to sign it because uh, he's Mesa, and she's uh, <laughs> she has to do what he says. Yeah. See, I, I understand from her perspective how she is scared and intimidated. You could hear the fear in her voice. She wasn't giving him attitude, you know. Uh, yeah, so this is this is her immediate response. So she actually was driving and... and and doing like FaceTime, I guess that they call it, like doing a video. I think that's what the kids call what it. What the these kids call it these days. Um, so, so basically, videoing herself as she was driving, which I mean, that sounds to me like that might be a, little, a bit dangerous, right? All right, here's the uh, here's the video from the woman. All right, ready? Yep. So here's her response shortly after getting uh, pulled over and given a ticket. I just was threatened by this police officer. He threatened the man threatens to pull me out of the car. Um, you know, we shouldn't be afraid to um, drive and, and get pulled over by the police. And I'm telling you, I, um, I showed him my license, asked him why I was stopped, and he said that I was going uh, 
70 and a 65 or 60 and a something like some kind of small difference I saw no traffic signs by the way no traffic signs by the time I had stopped at a convenience store to get a banana and by the time I had gone to where he immediately pulled me over when he saw me um, I gave him my license registration for the rental car that I'm driving I just come back from the MIAC conference my daughter was playing tennis in the MIAC conference championship I'm on the way back to Greenville South Carolina the cop comes back with the ticket uh, I'm on the phone with my cousin she's saying stay calm I'm nervous having both hands on the wheel feeling all afraid he comes back and when he comes back he gives me the ticket and I said so this is not a warning ticket so that I didn't see any signs there were no signs he said well you can go back and look for signs I said okay so this is not a warning ticket he said no this is not a warning ticket so I said okay um, and my cousin's on the phone on speaker. He can't see that she's on the phone because it's on speaker on the other chair. So um, he said, well, you'll need to sign this ticket. And I said, why would I need to sign the ticket? I don't agree with. And this is just something that I don't think. I said, I won't be signing the ticket, but I'll, I'll, I'll take the ticket. He said, no, you'll need to sign the ticket. I said, I don't agree. I didn't see a sign. I'll, I'll, I'll abide by the ticket. But I'm not going to put my signature on, it, on that ticket. And he said, well, if you don't put the signature on this ticket, I'll pull you out of the car, and and then I'll arrest you, and I'll impound the car. My natural instinct for anybody who knows me knows that I do not like to be told what to do. I abide by the law. I'm respectful of the law, but you can't make me sign a ticket. So I went ahead and signed the ticket only because I was immediately afraid, and he looked like he was ready for me to pull, to pull me out of the car. He didn't say, I'll ask you to step out of the car. He said, I'll pull you out of the car and I'll arrest you and I'll impound your car. And I said, okay, so I went, you know, and, I, and he said, well, I don't care. You know, you're gonna get out of this car. I'll just pull you out of the car. After he heard her, he thought that was me. So I signed the ticket and I just want to show you what area I'm in. This is the area I'm in, in the middle of this kind of stuff. This is where I am. So it's not like I'm not afraid because this is where we, we it's like she's showing the middle of nowhere. This is where we got like This is where building. even in today's day, we'd Freddie Gray, we can be in Baltimore. You don't have to be in a rural area. But, um, so that, you know, historically, I was literally places like this where lynched, there's trees around, you know. That he was going to pull me out of the car, impound my car, and I'd be Sandra Bland. Now, why do, do white, do, do any of my white friends know me ever, do anybody ever feel like that when they get pulled over? Do they, are they afraid that they're never going to come home or see anybody else? Yeah, that was it. That was your response. I know you got some stuff to say about this, but you wrote it down, so let me get, get mine off my chest. First of all, um... He, some of the stuff she says is true. He did threaten to pull her out of the car. He didn't. He said he didn't say I'm going to pull you out of the car. He goes, I'm going to, I'm going to, you're going to get out of this car. I'm going to get you out of this car, and you're going to. He didn't say he was going to pull her out of the car. Okay, it's, it's a whole different connotation with that kind well, of language. Here, I'm not going to argue with you on it. I thought he did. If he didn't, it's he did. on the video. Yeah. So, I'm either right or wrong. Regardless, my point is that what she said. Even if he didn't say, I'm going to pull you out, I'm going to get you out of this car, her saying that is absolutely true. But she omits everything leading up to it. You know, he says right in there, it's not an omission of guilt to sign this ticket. It just shows that you're either going to do this or um, or you're you're either going to show up for court or you're going to pay it. Right. He actually explained to her that you're not. Right. What she assumed that she was basically saying she's guilty by signing it, which, you know, I can understand that. I totally understand that. So, but he actually explained it very well. This is not admission of guilt. This is just saying you're going to take care of this, either right. by paying it or by going to court and dealing with it. And she did the, it's like when you say, um, I don't have to take a breathalyzer. 
You can't make me take a breathalyzer. That's absolutely true. But then they can take you out of your car, you know, handcuff you and take you down to the station and take a blood test from you. And so you have every right to not sign the ticket. You have every right to not uh, take take the breathalyzer. But there are things that happen after that. She's saying, I'm, I respect the law and all that. Well, she may think she does, but she doesn't. And she may have been scared. I'm not going to say she wasn't scared. She did a good job of covering up with her shitty attitude about, you know, she was fighting with that cop. I could have sworn when he pulled her over and he said something to her and she said, good for you. Yeah, I, I think that was, that. I thought that was something like that she said at first, but it's possible. it doesn't matter. Oh, the other thing she got wrong is the speed. Yeah, I was, that's what it, I wrote down. She so, said 65 and a, oh, I don't know, 60 yeah, and Yeah, the 55. first lie was the difference between the posted speed limit and how fast she was clocked. So she said, he said it was a 55 mile per hour zone and she, and she was going 70. Well, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to call it a lie. I'm just going to say she's flustered. She's doing this all at once. She got it but she's, wrong. She's she's minimalizing her right. her right. Um, offense. She's 15 miles an hour over, and right. I challenge anyone to find a cop, and whether they warn you or not, you know they can. They're you're not entitled to a warning. Right, you're not. I mean, you're it's not. nice. It'd be nice if they do. Yeah, great. So find a cop that isn't going to give you a ticket for 15 miles an hour over. Well, that's why. Here's the thing. I mean, most I got- of them, most, and they will admit it. Ask a cop if you know any at. They'll give you a six, seven, maybe eight miles, but 70 and a 55. Yeah. And the thing is, I'm not going to sit there and do this whole entitlement bullshit where this pathological, this guy's out to get me. No, it's, it's, I'm no different than anybody else. I was speeding. I shouldn't have been. And he caught me, gave me a ticket, could have gave me a warning, but didn't. I'm not, uh, I mean, I, should I describe myself? I've got a. I've Not got for a, me. I mean, I've I got a big. I've got a big beard. I've got a bald, shaven head, and I, you know, I could be considered in some instances a threatening-looking fellow. You do have to admit that you do have to tell people though that you did that haircut yourself because that. My, to- I started with the Floby and it just didn't work out, and I just decided, you know, let's start all over again. Shave her all off. Floby's not working unless you were watching TV in the eighties. Saw the KTEL <laughs> commercials, so it's the vacuum cleaner attached to the hair. Yeah, the clippers. Yeah. But, but the thing is, I, I I understand that I'm, you know, I, I do, I might be a little, have a little bit of an aggressive look, I guess. I would say that's, yeah. Right. Definitely. So I'm, 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 when the officer pulls me over, I know that. So I shouldn't act aggressive because that just compounds a problem. So black people might think, well, I'm, he's, I'm driving while black. So right off the bat, I've got an issue. Okay. Have that attitude. Fine. I get it. Um, but don't compound the problem by being belligerent. If you think that's an issue, sure. Um, maybe one out of, I don't, I don't know what the percentage be. Maybe there are cops that think, okay, I'm pulling over a person who's black or I'm pulling over a person who's Hispanic or I'm pulling over a person who's a white guy with a big beard and a bald head. I'm going to be a little more, you know, uh, cautious in this situation. But if this person, this bald guy with the beard, white guy, um, gives you belligerent attitude immediately. That's that's not smart on my part, and it's it's not smart at anybody's part to do that, regardless of how you look. I got uh, pulled over for going close to 15 miles an hour over by my house. It's a straight shot into work. Yeah, you know, I was going in late. There's nobody on the road. You know, my car rides really smooth, and uh, so I'm just I'm sort of zoning out, and driving down the street. You can see for like three miles, not even noticing who's behind me. It's a cop. 
I come up to the the intersection, which is a stop sign. He's behind me. I notice him. I pull through the intersection. He lights me up right away. Walks up to the car and goes, he says, uh, do you know why I pulled you over? And I said, yeah, I've got to, I have, have, my tabs are expired. I have the tabs in my truck or my car in the glove compartment, but I haven't put them on yet because it was rainy and all that stuff and I want them to stick. A good excuse. Yeah. You're just lazy. Yeah, I am lazy. <laughs> I can deny that. So, so I haven't put them on. I mean, I'd gotten them like two days earlier. So he goes, no, I didn't notice that. And I'm thinking, shit, no, I'm screwed. He goes, no, you're going a little fast. I said, like, how fast? And this is a 45. He goes, well, I got you at 57, but I was following you. And so he's doing the, I didn't have you on the radar thing. And he just, all he wanted was my license. He asked me for the license. He goes, is this your car? And I said, yeah. And he notices that I live like right off that street. And so I obviously got off because I was white, you know. So I, I agree with this woman. She only got her ticket because she was black. You just convinced me. You're white. I'm looking at your white privilege, privilege right now, and I'm thinking, you know what? Convinced. Yep. Absolutely. But that wasn't the only reason I brought this up because just um, another there was another incident where a uh, NCAA, or NAACP um, president, local chapter president of, uh, where was it? Uh, okay, yeah, one's, one's a college athletics association and one's a... National Association for Advancement of Black People or whatever. Colored people. Yeah, NAACP president, uh, South Carolina. So he got pulled over. Um, He had a discrepancy with his uh, license because he just bought the vehicle or something. And it it came up as a different vehicle, plates or something. So, um, you know, that was part of the problem. And I think he turned without signaling. So the cop saw the turn without a signal, ran the plate, and the plate came up with that discrepancy. Okay, it's going to pull him over. Right? I mean, anybody get pulled over, pulled over for that. Well, not a white person in a nice car. Okay. So As he, I have proven by my previous anecdotal example. Right. Um, so he gets pulled over and the cop, it's the same. I'm not going to play this one because it's the same instance. The cop was actually even more polite, I believe, but this guy seemed Yeah, to that cop was really polite. Right. Um, and the guy in the car wasn't really belligerent at all. And he was, he did what he, what he's supposed to do. He goes, well, this is what my paperwork says. Why is, and the, and the cop basically said, look, whoever told you that this paperwork's good enough, they were wrong. You need to get this fixed. And that's, that's fine. That's, there's nothing racial in that description of what just happened. Except that I bet if you go back and check, you'll find the, the person who helped him at the DMV in South Carolina was white. Mind blown. They gave him, <laughs> they gave him poor instruction on purpose. Because they thought, I'll show this black guy. Oh, so this guy's name is, he's a reverend. Reverend Jared Moultrie. I think I'm pronouncing that right. So he's a man of God. Yep. And uh, so this is what he alleged. He alleged on a Facebook post that, um, quote, tonight I was racially profiled by Timmonsville officer. And this is all in caps lock. Because I was driving a Mercedes Benz and going home in a nice neighborhood. Unquote. Um, so he went on to detail um, that alleged conversation between him and the white officer. He now deleted this post, but obviously everything's forever on, on the web. So there's screenshots of of, uh, of of what he alleges. And it's basically all lies. <laughs> so he described the white officer was belligerent, abusive, um, that when he told the officer that he lived in the neighborhood uh, and that the Benz he was driving belonged to him, that the officer supposedly quipped, and I guess on Bill Gates too, right? Those and, are alleged lies. Yeah, and that never happened. 
Allegedly. Uh, the officer happened. supposedly says, according to his post, that the officer said, I'm doing you a favor tonight, not taking you to jail or writing you a ticket. Um, that didn't happen either. Allegedly didn't happen. So the guy didn't get a ticket. And he's still saying he was racially profiled and it was this cop was belligerent and he was, you know. Um, so he wrote, uh, I guess because I'm a pastor, I, I I can't be a pastor and can't drive a Mercedes Benz and live in a nice neighborhood. Someone needs to answer for this behavior and this officer will. Well, I do have a couple questions on this. One is, so, I mean, does God privilege not get weighed out? So driving black, God privilege doesn't trump that. So he's a pastor. He should have well, who's religious to say that he, privilege. Who's to say he didn't? He didn't get a ticket. That's true. That's true. Well, it didn't stop him from getting profiled, though. Right. No, in all seriousness, so I, I always have to question, why is a pastor driving a Mercedes? Mm. <laughs> That's a good point. Eddie. Always, I, I always do that. that. You know, I think. Look, I live in a, I live in a neighborhood full of stay-at-home moms who drive Escalades. Right. I have the cheapest car in our neighborhood. I mean, I got just a Honda Accord, but, uh, so I get why they have them. You know, they just want the nice car. Um, but then I also know a lot of their husbands and a lot of those women too who aren't stay-at-home moms. I know what jobs they have. You know, it's an upper-class neighborhood. I get it. But to me, pastor doesn't strike me as, like, a really well-to-do position. Maybe it is, but I I can't, in my job, comfortably, and part of that is in my own mind, drive a Mercedes. I, I don't understand the extra $30,000 for the car. But I also make more money than a pastor. What's a pastor doing driving a Mercedes? Well, how do you know you make more money than pastor? I can guess. <laughs> uh, so this this is why I brought it up because I I honestly believe that this is really this attitude. Um, it's it's really dangerous for everybody. It's dangerous for the cops. It's dangerous for the black community to have this attitude. Um, this kind of like well, they're out to get you because that might actually. It might actually cause a person, a black person who's getting pulled over to panic and think, oh, I'm, I'm being racially profiled. They're going to think I'm, you know, a ro- I just robbed a store two o'clock in the morning, whatever I'm driving. I'm just, I got to run. I got to go. I'm scared for my life. So that, that's not a good thing. Right. To, to have happen for society. It's not good for cops either because having this attitude in the black community that they're all out to get you. Well, you see what happens. There, there's a lot of, murders of cops going on lately it's almost every state it seems like is getting in the past six months all over the map there's cops getting ambushed and killed by people and well i don't know if it's related to this but there is an attitude where fuck the cops you know and uh it's, it's just not good. like the two police officers that were ambushed in that uh, uh where they're eating shot through a window when was that about a month ago I don't remember that yeah, one. Yeah, that's the thing about it. We're not even really hearing the whole, all, all these, because it's happening so often now. Well, I remember the ones like a year and a half ago that got ambushed and shot, the two in, in uh, New York City. Yep. And the irony was they were like Hispanic and, right. and uh, Asian. Yeah, yep. No, this another one just happened. Well, police will tell you the times they're most nervous are going to domestics 
And, you know, where they say, somebody says, oh, yeah, there's been. Yeah, because the family, you never know. Yeah, that, you just, I yeah. mean, the woman can be getting her ass kicked by her husband, and then the cops show up to arrest the husband, and she Flips freaks out, out on the cops. The cops. Yeah. I mean, so they get nervous for those, and then really nervous walking up to cars. And uh, I remember taking the, the gun safety course, the conceal and carry course, and the guy said, look, when, when the cop pulls up on your car and he gets out, he goes, put your hands on the wheel. Turn in your dome light. Don't go reaching for anything. He said, just don't. And I've seen people say this um, when when they're trying to say that police are inherently racist. And there may certainly be some that are. I'm not going to deny that. Is it? I think we've said this before. Is it 5% or 50% or 100%? I tend to think it's more in the first category. But they say, why should I have to do that? Well... You don't have to, but there are things in life that are common sense. Save money. Why should I have to do that? Well, I mean, it's common sense. You know, don't spit on people when you first meet them. Why should I have to not do that? Well, because it's just not a good practice. You know, I mean, this idea that small courtesies to a police officer in a situation like that, when you've... Yeah, regardless of, of being whatever color you are and get pulled over, um... There's all kinds of reasons behind getting the ticket. Most of the time, 99% of the time, it's because you did something that probably resulted in getting the ticket. Now, depending on how cool the cop is or how maybe the quota, their quota is full, they'll, they'll cut you a break. Great. Awesome. You cry. Uh, sure. Why not? You tell them, tell them you got to poop real bad. And that's why you're speeding. You're trying to get to the next gas station. You know, it's funny. I just saw that on live PD. This that's 16 one year of the best old, things. 16-year-old kid gets pulled over. Yeah. And he's going 70 and like a 35. He's had his license for two months. It's his dad's car. He's got a pistol in the in the glove compartment. Oh, my God. No, it's locked up and out of his possession. He said, it isn't mine. Yeah. The cop goes, doesn't matter. It's in your possession. He oh, says, wow. no, it's not locked up or it's not where you can get to it. He goes, so I'm giving you a break on that. He goes, but... You're doing 70 and a 35 on a provisional license. He goes, you're probably going to lose your license. And the guy's like, "Can you? he goes, I, I have shit really bad. And the cop's going, <laughs> when he pulls him up, and, and the cop's going, sorry, man, that's not my problem. There's gas stations all along here. He goes, can you just, like, follow me home? And, I'll, and he goes, no. And the cop gets back in the car. He's written him a ticket, and he goes, that guy's in for a lot of trouble. And he goes, I don't know why people saying they have to take a shit is going to make me do this any different. He goes, that's your problem. Stop and go to a... Go to a gas station or something. Yeah. I mean, it might work. He said it never works on yeah. him. He goes, I don't know why people say that to me. My wife, way back before we were ever dating, got pulled over one time by a highway patrolman. And I just believe that the highway patrolmen are more more inclined to give you a ticket. Again, just a belief. But um, he pulls her over and she's like, he's like, why are you going so fast? She's like, because ah, uh, my kidneys are about to explode. And she said, it felt like he took forever. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did, oh, yeah, you know? That's a, that's, that's a so. shitty thing to do. I mean, I've had those instances where I've been on long drives and you're like, I'll just make it to the next one. And then all of a sudden, halfway between the last stop you're at or at last station and the next one, you're like, ooh, I don't think I can make it. There's a traffic stop or something. Yeah, you know? so, so you basically pull over on the side of the road and you get out. And but I mean, Oh, you get out? You just, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't take out the, the milk jug that I've been saving for that moment. And, Oh, that yeah, milk jug would make sense. <laughs> Just empty it first. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all I did. I mean, I'm sure there's more to say about that, but that's all I want to say at this point. Well, the only thing I was going to add was, wasn't there like a community activist person in that second thing that 
in the yeah, example I, who was like, yeah, I looked into this. I went and got that police body cam footage and he said, I watched it and it was like, this guy made it all yeah, up. There, uh, there was a local from the area, a local community activist um, that heard this and goes, well, I'm from there. This is, this is not right. So he was eager to kind of check out the body cam footage to corroborate the guy's story. He was pretty much sure it was true. And then he got the footage and he said he was shocked. Um, quote, I, once I got a copy of the body cam, it's as if he made the whole story up, unquote. As if. The guy's name is um, Timothy Watts. Walters. Walters. Or yeah, no, Waters. Waters. Sorry. I was going to say Watson. So, so uh, he goes, and here's another quote of his. He goes, and I felt like he set us back a hundred years because think about all the racial profiling cases that are true, unquote. Um, yeah. That's that's another issue. It's like you water it down, you water it down, you water it down, and nobody believes it. It's like the uh, the hijab hoax hate, where the the Muslim girls and women say, "Well, um, a guy wearing a uh, Make America Great Again hat um, yelled um, racial slurs at me, and then uh, pulled my hijab off, or a guy came up with scissors and cut my hijab off my head, and then and then ran away laughing." And, and you're like, "Really?" And it turns out it's a hoax. It's, it's fake. Well, and then all of a sudden you, you start thinking, well, every single time there's an incident like that in your in your head, you're thinking, yeah, this is not true. It's fake. Well, it usually isn't true at this point. But you're very much watering it down. When it, If it, something like that really does happen, then I would be all aboard going, God, what a jerk. Don't do that. But now, now when I hear this situation, I go, yeah, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and it's, you know, we keep talking about um, the word racism doesn't mean anything anymore. No. And there are definitely some racist people out there. I'm not one of those people who says, have a black president, no racism. I, I definitely think we're way better off than we were, you know, 50 years ago or 75 years ago or more, um, maybe even 30 years ago. But there's – so there's still racism out there. But I, this idea that you just – that everything's racist, if everything's racist and nothing's racist. Right. You know, the word doesn't mean anything anymore. So – Okay, so second subject you wanted to get to was this. Along the same lines, you mentioned hijabs. Nice segue to the um, local news station here that did the five-month investigation of Somali daycare centers and how they're, I don't want to say laundering money. because They're committing really the, fraud. Yeah. They're, uh, fraud because uh, they get kickbacks from the government for, for having these um, daycares. They're not even kickbacks. They're just... Yeah, I'm sorry. They're yeah, misreporting the amount of some of the kids they right. have. and they get money for that. And some of the kids aren't even staying there. They have video of, excuse me, these families that pull up with their kids, walk in, check in, walk back out. So the kids check right in as... If they even do that, because a lot of times it's just empty. It's just they're not doing it. Yeah. Um, but it's been going on since 2014. Um, there was an investigation that started in 2014. It's led to 13 child care centers closing, six felony conventions, or convictions, sorry, and 4.6 million in court-ordered restitution. So um, here's the thing. How has it been going on this long? It's like a standard scam now to open up these daycares. It's the Somalia immigrants mostly doing it. The Somali daycares is what, they're, what they are. And it's basically, it's like the standard operating procedure to scam the government is to open a daycare and take the money in that's supposed to you know, um, supplement um, your your um, operation. And then what they do is they used to take the money and wire it overseas. 
And they've cracked down on that. They fit the government was kind of getting hip to that, cracking down on it. And then the people that were committing the fraud were realizing, well, we can't do that anymore because we're getting caught doing that. So then they started taking suitcases full of cash through the airport and getting some sort of, um, um, waiver or something that allowed them to, cause you can't just take a bag of cash through the airport and get it because they'll see that you have a bag of cash. No, I do it all the time. Oh, okay. Um, Oh, but wait, it's the white privilege that lets me do it. But, uh, the, here's the thing about it is it's, uh, tax, our Minnesota tax dollars are going towards this, um, fraud. And, um, it's not clear exactly how much it was, was kind of, wasted in this but there's some reports that are saying it's upwards of a hundred million dollars um that and and the state authorities are thinking yeah that's probably accurate so i mean that's a lot of money (laughs) no it is and you know you and i sort of talked about this over facebook and i think we're sort of talking over each other i i said i'm not shocked that there's some sort of fraud going on fraud happens all the time you know so for me it wasn't it wasn't so much the racial component of it. Um, and I hear people say, well, you know, your tax dollars get spent on all kinds of things. You know, why do you care about that? Well, I care because, one, I pay an awful lot of tax. And, two, this is illegal. So when you find something that's Ill- illegal like that, go after it. And I think they will, and you think they won't. But I Not like they should. Or, or they should have had it cracked down. They should have had it figured out a long time ago. As soon as one of these daycares opens... Or, or they file the paperwork to even open these daycares. It should be scrutinized, obviously, to the point where they know they should know whether or not it's a scam to begin with before they even um, get the center opened for I, business. I don't disagree, but we're dealing with a few realities. And one is that I believe your average government employee in these jobs isn't real motivated to go above and beyond. And I think as long as it checks all the boxes... They're well, to there's also the, the other there's way. also the PC component of it of being a uh, fearful of being uh, considered uh, racist or or profiling. I I definitely think that has something to do with it. I think that's farther down the line, though. I think before you get to that, you have employees who aren't motivated to do this because I just don't think you're. And this is a bias I have, but I don't think your average government employee is as good as your average private sector employee. It's just. Monetary motivation, right? That if you work hard in the private sector, you can you can go farther. Uh, but secondly, what's the incentive of people in those departments who are there because these sorts of things exist, these daycares and stuff, to start cracking down on them? You know, if there's a little bit of stuff that looks a little hinky and they let it go, they keep a job. I'm not talking about they're ignoring illegal stuff, but it's like... When you have an employee who goes for um, unemployment benefits, you may have checked every box and I warned them. I warned them again. It's in the handbook. They signed it. They're still going to get those unemployment benefits most of the time. Why? Because if the people in the unemployment office start denying unemployment claims all the time, pretty soon you don't need as many of them. They don't have jobs. So I think that's the first two steps in this. They're not motivated to look for it and it's self-defeating to look for it. But then I agree with you. That once they find it, they're not going to go after this as hard as they would other cases. Let me put it this way. This would be prosecuted harder in Texas than it would in Minnesota. That's my opinion. I don't have anything to back that up. Right. But but I think the 
fraud like this happens all the time. Well, and it's not just the fraud. It's not just the defrauding of the taxpayers and and, uh, and that. It's the fact that this money is going overseas to, to areas that are basically controlled by terrorists. So Absolutely. Somalia, um, wherever else this, this money is getting sent to. And they're going, well, you know, you can't say that it's getting sent directly to terrorists. Well, no, probably not. But it's all that money that's going over there. I guarantee you is either getting directly sent to terrorists or is getting siphoned off by terrorists. Well, even if it isn't going to terrorists, it's still damn illegal. Yeah. It shouldn't happen. That money should not get taken to other countries. And they're in that story. It's a Fox 9 news story out of Minneapolis here. In that story, there's a, I can't remember. She's from Illinois. She's a city council person or something like that. She's of Somali descent. She got busted. She's spending like three to six years in prison for this kind of stuff. But she was billing the state of Illinois for travel stuff over in Somalia. Yeah, and uh, and day, and also for her own, I, th- I think daycare situation. Yeah, or maybe so maybe I might be getting, wrong. It she was getting Somalia, funds but... for for getting funds for um, daycare for ch- for children that she had that were supposedly in daycare. I I, I don't. It was but it she was, was a mess. She was billing them for somewhere she stayed while she was yeah. over there, and it was it was some huge number per well, night. I think it was eight hundred dollars a night for one of them. Yeah, and it hotels. was not related to her job. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. They, here's a thing about the Fox Nine report. Uh, they this here's a thing saying that a report linked to fraud that the fraud was funding Somali terrorists, but there's not so far evidence of that. Um, so, supposedly, uh, Representative Keith Ellison of Minnesota, who is a Muslim. Um, he said, quote, financial stability for the Somali people, both here and in Somalia, is one of our strongest protections against the terroristic threat posed by al-Shabaab. Um, and Fox 9 should issue a thorough correction apology for its irresponsible reporting. Uh, no, this is this is the problem. It's like you need to report this stuff and get it out there to stop it from happening, because if you're afraid to report it or you're afraid that, well, it's going to be considered racial, pro, you know, racial, and again, racial profiling or un PC to do this, then it's just going to keep happening. Well, and Keith Ellison, I, I'm not, I'm not saying this because Keith Ellison is black or because he's a Muslim. Keith Ellison's a dumbass. Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he repeatedly absolutely. does this stuff. I mean, stupid stuff like this. He was the one was on uh, TV saying when we, we've talked about this before with the minimum wage thing. So if you didn't have a minimum wage, people would pay people five to 10 cents an hour. No, you wouldn't. That's stupid. Nobody can make, you can't honestly make that argument. It's laughable, but he, he does those things all the time. And he got, he, they're watching him. Uh, some of the, uh, right leaning news organizations are watching him because he's been tied in with Farrakhan. Oh yeah. Yep. And I mean, that guy says some hateful stuff, you know? So I can't take anything Keith Ellison says seriously. He's he's not – he's a uh, – I think he's IQ-wise probably an intelligent person, but I think he's just dumb. Right. He just says stupid stuff. And I think a lot of that comes from being in the political class. I think politicians say stupid stuff all the time knowing that what they're saying is stupid. But, you know, it sounds good, plays to a base. Well, I – on a personal note, I've, my one of my uh, relatives had a situation where a small daycare opened up across from his wife's business uh, where she worked, um, and it just was it was really suspicious how everything went down. The windows were covered up the whole time, so they had like uh, coverings on the inside of the windows. 
Um, there was no children or, or parents showing up with kids the whole time. It was it was getting going, and then finally when it opened, there was no evidence that it was actually being run as a daycare. So my relative showed up there, walked in, goes, you know, just to see what was going on, and he was he brought his um, his son with him, and as if he was going to say, hey, you know, it's a daycare. I want to I want to get some information on this place, uh, knowing full well what was going that this was not a legitimate business goes in there and he said you should have seen the looks on there on the person's face that was in there um shock and then he walks in and they look at him and they go oh no 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 we're not open we're not open even though it's business hours it's open. <laughs> no 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 we're, we're closed we're not open and it's like well can i get some information no, we, don't, we don't have anything we don't have we don't have any information no it was like he's like okay and he left and he's like yeah this is this is bullshit um and then i guess not even a month later um he saw um law enforcement vehicles like lined up taking stuff from inside out to the cars, you know, paperwork and file cabinets and computers and stuff. <laughs> so that's, that's a bad thing. No, that's good that that, that happened. But no, I mean, is, I've only had that happen in my business five or no. six times. I'm just saying know? it's, this could have, should have been cracked down a long time ago. It's been going on for way too many years to have them keep opening and doing it. Well, uh, look, I'll disagree there in just in the sense that, I heard a great Dennis Miller line once. He said, you can't say the government is smart enough to, you know, have all these major conspiracies. I'm paraphrasing. You know, they can't they can't take the towers down on 9-11 and not get you your mail on time. In other words, they're either very stupid or they're playing fourth level chess. And so I continually accuse them of being stupid and lazy. And so if if they're getting to this, I think it's great. I can't say it should have happened sooner because they're doing as I expected. You know what the total funding for the child care assistance program last year was, 2017, the total? No. $248 million. And how much of it was they're fraud? They're saying upward this? of $100 million of it. So close just, to half of Just it. for the, these fraudulent daycares. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. Yeah. Well, that's our tax dollars. So now they're going to have Senate hearings about it and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Oh, well, there you go. You're going to do your whole Rome is burning thing again. Yeah, Rome is burning. <laughs> yeah, well, I like to be an optimist. So, Well, is that, I think that uh, ate up the whole, my my two subjects ate up the whole show, I think. Yeah, just like always, man. God. Yeah, it's all about me. It is, all the time. <laughs> you and your white privilege. So, all right. Well, hey, appreciate it. And uh, if you get a chance, like us on uh, like us on Facebook, rate us on your favorite streaming service. Yeah, give us give us a thumbs up on whatever service you're listening to us on. Give us positive reviews if you like it. If you hate it, give us bad reviews. I don't care. Just review it, damn Fuck it. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, if you give us a bad review, Krill will send you a personal fuck you. Yeah. So uh, if you want to contact us on email, it's rooster at com or crow at com. You know, give us suggestions. Give us critiques. We don't care. This is the part where I wrote down I was supposed to give out your personal cell phone number. Is that okay? Uh, fuck you. <laughs> See, that's how it works, Standard people. response. That's what I have to deal with every damn day. All right. See you later. See you, bye. Bye.